and welcome to the spotlight on Daisy Underground number two. And I think I've had you guys on the podcast as well. Um, so you're regular uh, people who I have the utmost admiration for and respect, which is why I've got you back again. We are joined today by Diesel and Dr. Desync. Lads, how you doing? How you doing, boy? Thanks Hello. for the invite. Great talking to you. It's it's always great talking to you guys. And um, when when I come up with this idea of the twelve days of Christmas um, as a way of celebrating, um, you know, ten years of Daisy, December sixteen. Um, in my mind, there was a number of people that I knew I had to speak to, uh, and I, I wanted it to not just be about you know the big names, the creators, the devs, and all the rest of it, but about you know regardless of who you have making a game, if you don't have the players and you don't have the communities, that game will go nowhere. And when it comes to community, there's there's no bigger community when it comes to the legacy of Daisy Community Service than Daisy Underground. You guys, for those who don't know, were the very first community server that Brian Hicks played a part in um, uh, helping set up. Uh, and despite all the, the highs and lows of Daisy, there's always been one server that is always been running, and that's Daisy Underground. And that's amazing to me. Yeah, well, I mean, thanks, I guess. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, shout out to Brian, too. Uh, you know, he had, he took a different view at the game. He loved the RP side. He loved the interaction yeah. based rather than the you know run die retry. Uh, yeah. And and you know, I think Brian still pops around every now and again when he has time. Yeah, he was just uh, in, I think, last couple weeks ago, almost a month uh, ago. Yeah, it was a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. And he and like met up with some people, had a little adventure, came on our Discord afterwards, said he had a great time, and was gone again. Like that's awesome that he still uh, floats in and uh, plays on there from time to time. Um, yeah, that was something he was always known for when he was um, in the dev team, that he would be regularly out there, uh, you know, often seen jumping in um, and interacting with streamers and that. Um, uh, you know, when you've got that sort of access, you can probably find out what server they're on and all the rest of it, but it really helped promote the game um, and had that really close relationship between the dev team and um uh, the various content creators who were making content at the time. But um, I, I've, I've spoken with you guys before, and I do encourage people to go and uh, check out those previous interviews I've done with Daisy Underground. Uh, but I wanted to put the focus on just how, despite you know Daisy having some terrible player numbers over the years, uh, you guys have, have managed to stay. You know, I mentioned it before the show. There's been so many other amazing servers, The Village, Gents of Novo, Trump's Wall, um, and so on. That uh, Pipsy here in Australia uh, that are no longer with us anymore. You know they've all fallen by the wayside. The player count dipped, but Daisy Underground managed to buck that trend. That you know some some things they they shine brightly and then they burn out. Um, you guys have just been a perpetual flame that's always burning. What what do you guys put that down to? Uh, for me, it's 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 just our player base and the player base evolves over time but it's uh doug exists because we have a community and we have players who love what they get on doug um they love giving and they love getting back and i mean yeah that's that's how it runs i mean and and that's how it's supported too uh we talked a little bit about before the show started like how does doug 
you know, pay for itself? How does Doug keep running all these years? Almost 10, will be 10 years in March of 2024. Um, the very first year that, if I go back in our history here, the very first year that Doug went self-hosted, um, one of the admins at the time paid for the first year of hosting out of his own pocket. Um, and after that, the server was was and still is entirely run by donations from our players. Yeah. Never gone down the line of prior queue or um, never. We never you've assets. You've you've never been able to pay Doug for priority queue, pay for whitelist. You don't get if you donate to the server, and we have people that have a recurring donation with us. Like and and some of them don't even play on the server anymore. Uh, I mean, because I see the PayPal, <laughs> they still contribute to Doug every month. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, but going to go and check their PayPal now. Hang about. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> they're they're aware they're aware that they're paying. You know, because we've switched PayPal's and they switched with us. So that, I mean, what does that tell you? Yeah. Right. So, uh, but yeah, no, uh, you you don't receive any recognition. There's no Discord role. There's no shout outs. Um, there's nothing. It's, hey, you know, we put out a message every now and again that just says, hey, if you love Doug, consider contributing. And that's it. And <laughs> people do what they want to do. <laughs> it's amazing. It's awesome. It really, really is awesome, Dr. D. Sink. The, the, the level of community love that you guys have, even when, you know, like most communities, there's been a few missteps here and there along the way. But for the most part, people have just stayed with Doug regardless, haven't they? As thick-headed as some individuals might be, uh, I think no matter what decision they make, it's always with whether they like it or not, the community at heart. Even if they are like heavily against something, like let's say a major change in the community or something within the game itself. Uh, I mean, there was a time where before when we all thought the game was going to be fully dead before 0.63 was even on the horizon. Yeah, we were we were at single digit players and. Me and a couple other folk were on every day, still playing, still having fun, still talking in our uh, third-party comms like TeamSpeak or Discord. I think, if anything, your server bumped up a bit during those low periods because the, the player base kind of contracted, um, and a lot of people knew Doug was still a place to go. Um, so it, it was still sad, you know, those low numbers, but you guys were a known safe brand. Yeah, I would say I think it was the moment when we got word of what point six six three was gonna be, and at least when we had an idea of when it was coming out, because it was that period of uh, what was it, one almost nearly two years of just radio silence in terms of updates. Then, boom, we get that Twitter post and that article of, hey, here's what's coming with point six three. Here's gonna be a Twitch stream for it. That's when I think people were coming back, uh, getting their. Toes in the water, I guess, so to say, and uh, starting to play the game again and getting excited for what was coming. I think that's what really got dug into. Uh, I mean, you could argue it was the second golden age for us. It, it was the second golden age for DayZ, really, yeah. right? I mean, you talk about that period of radio silence. It was purely it, right? I mean, what was there like? I think was it like four or six thousand concurrent players for DayZ for a while there, and then yeah, all of a sudden, three thousand ish. There you go, right? And then the the dev team came out with like here's what we've been keeping secret, right? We've got a whole new engine and here's what you can do with it. And they started leaking stuff. And, and like 
I mean, how many people owned Jay-Z, right? I mean, thousands and thousands of people started hitting that and viewing the streams and coming back. And and we saw the uptick in people just, they weren't necessarily playing, but the people were returning to the community and asking questions. And, you know, Daisy got exciting again because people love Daisy, right? Like they, they really, I mean, it's 10 years, 10 years we're still playing. I say the same game, but it's not the same game anymore. It's a whole different game now, but... Uh, you know, people love DC. 3,192 concurrence in August of 2018. Wow. And in the last 24 hours, we just hit a new all-time peak. of Again, really? Yeah, 759 players. Is that, is that all, is that all, uh, across all like console and steam no, and this pc is just, that's this is just that's steam. just pc just PC. that's amazing because i think their uh, console market is even bigger right yeah. like they've sort of alluded to especially that especially xbox with that um game pass with the game pass yeah it's if you're paying for game pass you get daisy for free right technically so and that was such a it was such a troubling time, I think. Uh, it was that transition period from 0.62 to 0.63, and then it was 6.3 to 1.0. That was the part that I think it was really for a lot of people. I know even us internally, we were thinking that depending on what's going to happen, it's probably just going to be we're just going to try to push an idea that we have or just close our doors. Because uh, I remember I got my hands uh, from somebody else an early build of that new Daisy, and I played it. Uh, you got put at Northwest Airfield with, like, I think it was a rifle, and that was it. And you could only go so far because your character was nearly dying of starvation for whatever reason in that, in that build. No way to get food or water to continue going. I just remember playing it, and I was like, what is this? This, is, like, this isn't the Daisy I've played before. And I was told, okay, well, what are you using right now to play it? Keyboard and mouse. And then I was told, well, go plug in a controller and try it that way. And I did, and it made me really disheartened in that it felt better with a controller than keyboard and mouse and i thought to myself well what is this game now is this for pc or is this a console focus and i think it's something that for a long while i think at least within the veteran community uh, knowing that pc was now being kind of put to the side just a little bit to make room for console even though in the long run that helped keep the game what it is i mean it, it is important that we have that it helped a ton at least keep stuff alive. I know there was a point where it felt like a, it felt like PC was just going to be kind of tucked away, and console was going to be the full focus from then on. And I think kind of scared a couple of folks, especially myself. It scared a lot of people. There was a lot when uh, we found out it was going to console who were just like, what the hell? Um, it's going to destroy our game, you know, um, because you can't have a, as complex um, uh, mechanics uh, on a PC, uh, as you do on a PC game, as you can on console. I, I even watch console players now, and I, I don't know how they play the game with a controller. Uh, but it, it's interesting, that point you raised about try playing it with a controller, because someone um, who I had on just last week was telling me about how much better vehicles are to drive with a controller, and it totally makes sense, uh, because you can have those subtle adjustments of uh, steering, whereas when you're <clears throat> using mouse and keyboard, all you can do is tap. Um, and tap and release, tap and release, tap and release. Whereas with console, you can aim it a little bit to the left or a little bit to the right. So you get much better control um, using a controller to drive. Someone they, they said to me that they play on PC now, but they still use a controller for driving. And I'm like, 
I never actually considered that. Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing, you know, aside from, uh, you know, no doubt, yeah, the funding that the dev team is getting from from the console, you know, builds uh, and, you know, players uh, buying the game is, oddly enough, though, I mean, two things. One, modding. There's no doubt that modding has saved AZ, especially for PC. You know what I mean? Like, we would not be where we are today without modding. Uh, let's never forget that. Um, but the other side of it is uh, lately, especially, and I don't know what the rest of the communities are doing, but we're definitely seeing it. We're seeing a ton, and I mean a ton, of brand new players to PC. And when you talk to them, they're like, yeah, I come from console, yeah. but I want it, I wanted mods. And yeah. they come to PC. They're, and you check their Steam account, and they've got like two friends, and their Steam account is a month old. You know they are brand new, because we've investigated some of them. We're like, is this a hacker, like buying a new account? Oh, no, this guy's from console. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and they are fresh. Like, they come into our Discord. They're like, why am I sick? What do you mean, why are you sick? Like, what you, Daisy's 10 years old. I got this game last week. Okay. <laughs> like, we're, it's, it's a ton. They're, they're Brand new to the game. For the first time, they don't know they nothing about yeah. it. They, they don't remember Jam Jar, Mr. Blackout. They don't know who Frankie on PC is. Um, they're just, yeah, they're finding this game like we all did 10 plus years ago. And they're like, what is this game? It's, it's still mind boggling to people. The anti game the, is still one of the best. Yeah. Or they're finding, like, they're telling us that Doug is the first server they've ever played on. And I was like, oh. what? Like, you're brand new. To PC, like you're brand new to Day Z, period. Not you're not even coming from console. You're brand new to Day Z, and you found us first. Like you've never even played vanilla, and they're like, nope. Got the game, did some research. Because again, right? I mean, and you talk about that name. If you Google or search, you know, like uh, interaction or or, or role play Day Z, we come up like we're near the top. I don't know where we are in the top in the list, but we're near the top. And if that's what you're looking for, uh, then, you know, you're probably going to pay us a visit at some point, right? And we may not be what you're looking for, but we're going to pay us a visit. Because that that niche, especially in today's world of Daisy, uh, is small. Something there about how modding has um, uh, saved um, Daisy. How important has modding been to Daisy Underground um, particularly? Oof. I would it's, say it's why we exist. Yeah, it's massive. I mean, what just the other day, I mean, we've got so many. I mean, we run one server. We've run a couple of servers over the years, but currently we have one server. We're still running Turneris. Right now we're running Winter Turneris, but we, you know, we don't, we've always had a Turneris server running. And, uh, it, you know, we've got that Doug mod, but there are a number of other servers. Uh, especially the Russians. I can't uh, shout out to the Russians as much as we love to hate them sometimes, but uh, they love our mod. And there's and we got people coming to our Discord again once a week. Hey, can I use your mod on my server? Uh, you know, mod. Our, our mod has well, it defines our server today in today's world, right? Because we literally we make Daisy what we want it to be. Yeah, that was the original intent. Uh, I think it was a. Uh, it, it was that period uh, when 
1.0 essentially came out. It was that transition from 0.63 to 1.0, and then we had the access for modding. Uh, a lot of us came to the conclusion that the experience that Daisy was providing uh, at its full release was not the original vision of Daisy. It was just like uh, an arcade shooter, basically. You, uh, every weapon was super easy to find. You could have a backpack full of ammo, do whatever you wanted. And that's not what we wanted at all. That's not what we considered to be what Daisy was. Daisy was the type of game where you were lucky to find a rotten kiwi on the coast. That's what we wanted to bring back in some form. We wanted to be that vanilla experience of the original Daisy, but just a little bit harder. And that's why we came out with the idea of, hey, let's go do hardcore. And either this works or we say, hey, we tried and uh, more like we would have closed our doors and uh, that would have been the end of Doug. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Sorry, go for it. Well, I was going to say, yeah, maybe. I mean, the hardcore was, it was sort of a make or break moment, right? Like when modding first came out, we didn't even have mods for the longest time. And our player base was like, look, look at all these mods that everyone's running on the servers. And we're like, yeah, but those mods are like easy mode. Like, it, you know, modding was great, but so many mods are so overpowered, right? Like they have a great idea and then they put the mod out and it does, oh, it adds this item. And then it adds this item and this item and this item. But all those items, like those early building mods, you could build this fantastic thing like a base like a wall or whatever and it looked really cool but the materials were like two nails and two planks it's like well look at what you're getting for two nails and like you know they were just it was just crazy overpowered it was just every it was just what we call easy mode right so we shied away from that and that's when you know we got uh, ammo of course and said like i can make a mod you know and and let's make this right and let's make things make sense and and have, you know, sort of that, yeah, that vanilla hardcore. And then it was one of our community members that said, let's go real hardcore. Like, let's, and we did it. And we didn't go, you know, I'll call it Mad Max level of hardcore, right? Like, but things were hard to find. We targeted certain things, clothing and stuff like that. Uh, most tools in the game, they're all vanilla. They're all vanilla values. Like, what? why would you deny someone a shirt or a pair of pants or yeah. a frying pan. You know what I mean? Those things, you know, don't really matter at the end of the day, but yeah, you know, you're, we're not giving out SVDs left, right, and center. You go to Tizzy, people still complain today. They come, are there any guns on this server? You, we see that a lot in, in our discord. I've been to Tizzy three times in three days and there's nothing there. Well, you're just missing it, but yeah, we're not like, there's not an SVD there every four hours. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's not going to happen here, but uh, it's saved us. Screenshots uh, that you sent through um, and just, you know, the, the, the detail in some of these items, like these outfits, are, they're beautiful. Oh yeah. These were, uh, this is from our recent, uh, uh, for the first time ever for our main server, we made a transition in the map. We've never done that before. It's always just been a different server. Like for example, when uh, Livoni came out, we wanted a server with duck settings for people to play. And we had our own little petri dish of people growing and uh, doing their own little thing. But then eventually it just came down to, we just want the one server. But then it was when uh, Namalska came out, we wanted to, because all the servers at the time were just completely jam-packed full and then had a bunch of mods added as well uh, day one. So we decided, hey, let's give uh, Sumrak, uh, let's give our players and maybe some people outside of that uh, Sumrak's intended experience with the Molsk, and we had that up for a, a good bit. 
but then eventually uh, the the whole point of it was uh yeah, it wasn't needed anymore if you wanted a, a more enhanced experience there's probably other servers that do a great job of providing it i think uh, day one is a big popular one for, uh, for that i know some of our players uh will hop on there uh, myself included and we'll just play for a couple hours and have a good time Okay, so I shared it on Twitter, but um, yeah, it's something that um, over the years I've been doing the podcast that we've spoken to uh, a number of guests, um, modders especially, that um, it's all well and good to have a great server, but if you're not promoting it and making sure that people are finding out about it, if you're relying on other people to do that for you, then you're not in control of your own destiny. And when I saw this trailer, man, it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I'm going to play it now um, for people. You guys don't mind if I share this trailer? Go for it. did this for you uh that was me beautiful work mate absolutely beautiful some stunning cinematics there um just phenomenal phenomenal work um it, it's little things like that that you know inspire people oh geez that, that, that does look good um and yeah you've got that nice mix of okay it's going to be sort of you know what i take from that it's going to be like the mole style temperatures uh winter churnerus is always amazing if you haven't played winter churnerus and you're bored with churnerus Find a winter churnerous map. I with fifteen thousand odd hours or so in the game. The first time I played winter churnerous, I got fucking lost again. I ended up um, on stream a few years back. I did a full circle. I'm like, how? I thought I knew this map like that. No, it looks completely different. And if you, especially if you're like me as well, um, where I don't like PvP uh, because I suck at it now, um, but it really makes you lift your game because you're very exposed, especially if you're not in, you know, white or, or the dark clothing can hide in bushes. It's it's a completely different churnerous experience, isn't it, guys? It It is. The weather, uh, our players have been noticing the weather, the, the visibility with the snowstorms and stuff. Yep. Um, but oddly enough, we are not playing with winter churnerous temperatures. Oh, okay. uh, we are... We, we are we have our own month uh picked again it's it's more about the community a lot of our community members are um well to put it one way they are diehard about their pid right that personal identification their outfit and if they can't have their outfit then they don't want to play daisy and most of our players only play doug so for doug for daisy that means doug uh so yeah we are running a little bit colder than we had before, uh, but nowhere near 
you know, the default winter Trinaris. It is, it is, it is warm. You do not need, you know, you're certainly not in a mouse level. You're not running fire to fire until you get all bundled up with the best insulation. Uh, you can survive without a fire on Doug for winter Trinaris. Uh, and it was done intentionally. It's, I mean, the other side of it, uh, you know, Namalsk has its place. I've played Namalsk. Uh, it's a small map. And I think the, you know, the cold and the location, I mean, where it's, you know, supposedly set, like way far up north, um, you know, it makes sense. And, you know, that mechanic, he's got the, the CLE is, is geared towards that progression of, okay, you need a fire on the coast and you build it and you get inland and you pick up a jacket and then, and then you kind of, you know, you make your way and you just build the odd fire. Um, but for a very large map like Cherneris, um, you know, it would mean if you're going to go winter, it would mean a complete redesign of the CLE because you'd have to make sure that there are, is a progression in warmth of items. But, you know, we just kept the same CLE we had when we were running summer, you know what I mean? Or, or spring or autumn or whatever it is. Um, you know, I, we weren't going to go through and rework tier one, two, three, four to make sure that, you know, there was a decent you know, progression as far as temperature wise clothing. Right. So yeah, we knocked, we scaled back the temperature. We made it again, a little cooler, a little bit more of a challenge. Um, but we just, you know, and desync did an absolutely fabulous job. You just on the trailer, but all those retextures for white items from the white gilly to, uh, retexturing a bunch of existing items so that they were white, uh, or gray and white. He's done some, some other cool stuff in there. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, it's the same. It's still one, two, three, four. There's still, you know, you still got all the, the regular clothes from Daisy, and they we didn't we weren't gonna go through and mod every item to change its insulation value. It's just whatever it is in vanilla. Um, so, you know, that being said, we had to keep the temperature, you know, somewhat somewhat sane. Um, and I think, you know, for me personally, again on a large map, I don't wanna stop. I don't want my gameplay interrupted by building a fire every couple of towns. Uh, we want to keep people moving. We want that interaction, right? And when people are holed up around a fire, they're they're not interacting, they're not moving. Um, so that's what it was about for us. But even with that, uh, I think we decided to, we, we also, uh, because again, for some people that, uh, that Namalsk survival is very important. But again, you gotta keep in mind that, like uh, Diesel was saying, overall, Namalsk is a small map you want to keep uh, progression like limited within reason. You got to make people move town to town in a certain amount of time, right? And stuff like hypothermia, cold resistance, that plays into that. But on Trenaris, you don't necessarily want that if you want people, again, moving around the same way. So uh, what we did was, a long time ago, temperature was a big issue for people because, again, PID is very important for folk. We made it warmer than vanilla within a reason but now i think we are now colder than vanilla so this is at least for our player base somewhat of an important change but at the same time we had to make other balances like uh we removed garden plots so now if you want to go and do a farm especially for base owners got to use a greenhouse now it's a big one i think also uh all the animals we talked about on the podcast was when you uh decided to remove uh the ability to lock a base how did that one go? Yeah, <laughs> there was uh, there was a reason behind that though. That was more about getting the community to start cooperating again and being human beings again. Uh, 
there was a time there when our community was too focused on themselves, not thinking about not thinking about the enjoyment of other players, focused purely on their own enjoyment. Uh, yeah, focusing and and too focused on the gear, too focused on that that end game, that raid. You know, it was all about the raid. You'd see these massive raids pull off, but it's not just about the raid; it's about winning the raid. And yes, yes, mentality and, really and winning. Period. Right. Yes, it was about winning, and you can't win at Daisy. When you win at Daisy, you don't play anymore. We like, talk, and we that's talked before <laughs> the show about one of my best mates and a guy I I view as a mentor, um, and that's Spud from um, Daisy Down Under, and he taught me that valuable lesson. Yeah, you know, I'm a forty. I was probably about 45, 46, 47 years old at the time. Um, still a man child, and. Uh, basically some shit happened and the way he explained it to me was that sometimes an L is actually a dub because it's all about the experience and you know some of my greatest moments that I will never forget are when I lost uh, like when Ben Fruit and R Diddy held me up um, and robbed me of everything on me and left me with absolutely fuck all. I was furious at the time but afterwards, I look back at it now, and it's one of the greatest memories. And it's the same with raids, you know. Provided it, it doesn't get absolutely shat on um, at the beginning, but you know, even if you don't achieve it, provided you had fun and a lot of interaction, and you know, um, it's it's why I've shown the video quite a few times on the show. But my mate Prestige here in Australia did a video of a raid that we did, and we planned, and this was on um, Daisy Down Under. And we planned the stupidest, most ridiculous raid. Um, I got as many people as I could. There was about 20 of us. And I think the pop of the server was about 80. But we we chose to do it in the, in the stupidest way. Most of us had never really played with each other. It was an amalgamation of about four different groups. And we drove from on the Banov map, the big tower that's in Novod, um, that's all up all the way up in that town in the top left. And we drove all the way down through Banov City itself in a convoy of trucks and vehicles to the other big tower and tried to raid it. And nearly the entire server turned up uh, there over the, over the space of three to four hours. We did get in, but my God, we died. We got lost. We had people sniped. You know, there was one scene almost like the JFK assassination where one of the uh, Goldie's Oldies guys got sniped in the back of a vehicle and it was caught on camera and vehicles broke down. And it just added, it just made the most amazing memory. And to be honest, I didn't care if we won or lost. Um, uh, it was just fun to do something that the reason we did it during high pop hours was so that it gave to the community. It was like, no one outside of our group, unless someone leaked it, knew what we were doing. Um, so for them, it was all an organic thing of what the fuck is going on here? That's two trucks and three vehicles. They must be doing a raid. And we did it loud with bullets. You know, the, the um, base raiding uh, mechanic was just the vanilla stuff of shooting through walls and stuff like that. So we had all these guns and ammo. We were there for hours trying to break into this base. And it was just massive the amount of people who turned up and attacked us and we lost a truck somehow and it was brilliant and it to, to the idea being to create something organic for the rest of the community to be able to have fun with yeah i mean even you know you talk about sometimes a, a loss can be a w but it's uh you know and we encourage that too like take the loss but also if you're going to win if you're going to do a raid and you're winning and you get away with it but like there's no reason to like scorched earth 
the base you're attacking. Like there are other players there. They spent countless of hours building that base and you want them to come back. Don't you like, you want them to reciprocate. Like you want them to come get their stuff back from you or to find you again. I mean, we are an interaction based server. So if you wipe them off the face of the earth, where's the, you know, where's their desire to come back and even join the community again. So it's about thinking about other players. So yes, you can raid, but don't, you know, there is no need to, to take every last scrap that they've collected, leave them some storage, leave them the stuff you don't want. Uh, leave a note, put your name on it, own the fucking thing. You raided me. Burn barrel, um, and burn. Oh, oh no, that's, Oh no, that's a major no, no. Like, uh, if you're burning someone's gear just cause you can't take it, guess what? You're going to find that Daisy underground isn't accessible to you the next day. Right. It, it, cause, like, cause you're an asshole. Storyline that you're going to add to it. Um, potentially yeah. Yeah. If you've got a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. If there's a, a long ongoing rivalry and you've told them that you, yeah, but to do it just as a, a spiteful act, um, it's, what what you said was you saw how excited I got to hear someone else say it, but you've got to think about the help of your community, and it's something you know. On today's episode, I talk about a couple of guys who got um, um, a ban um, for alleged cheating, um, the, and it's in CF tools now, so it's impacting their ability. But they were very toxic players, and they were the sort who um, you know would be nasty and send nasty DMs and shit like that. And I, I, I had a chat with them. I'm a bit, I'm a bit of a sucker for uh, the bad boys sort of thing. You know, if I was a chick, I'd probably always fall for the bad guy. Um, but I, I had a chat with them off the record and stuff like that. And I just said to them that there's nothing wrong with being the bad guy, but being the bad guy well is harder than most people think it is. You can, you can easily be a dick. Anyone can be a dick. It's so fucking easy to do that. But to be a dick that everyone loves. And you know, the, the example I um, am leading to that ties in with you guys is damn dark as midnight. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They were the OG bad guys. I know that there ended up being some drama because as I said, being the bad guy is fucking hard uh, because people do get upset and they get their noses out of joint and then people burr up back. But damn were legendary. I remember trembling with fear going through Gorka every time I played on Daisy underground. Are they here? Are they here? Uh, am I going to get fucked up? Um, but Gorka was such a, yeah, it's not a, it wasn't like they were taking over the Northwest airfield or something like that, but Gorka was still a pretty good town to go through. If you got that Northeast spawn um, around Berezino, you know, you, you go, you work your way through Berezino up the hill through that little military checkpoint and then into Gorka, but knowing the dam and, and Johnny and um, um, who was the other guy who was in the running man's video, the guy who used to leave Hex. them. Hex, Hex, Hex the Bandit, one of the greatest Daisy videos of all time. It's it's amazing watching um, Paul's personality go from this guy's a dick to actually changing the way he played to to match with Hex um, and having one of the greatest experiences of his life. I think it was the first time Paul ever was a cannibal, um, but literally one of the greatest Daisy videos ever made. Um, and it was it took him out of his comfort zone playing with a guy who was role playing and Paul's notorious in not liking role play. Um, but it was great seeing him just go along with, and you know, that, that was always the golden rule. If you don't role play, so be it, but don't ruin someone else's experience. Don't be a dick. Think of the health of the community. And you guys have probably watched, um, Hex, the way of the meat. Um, it, it, it's a great video, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and Paul has come back over the years. I mean, not lately, but, 
uh, he used to, when he wanted an adventure, when any of them wanted an adventure, they would come to Doug and you didn't have to make, you know, it didn't have to be a big storyline. Like, you know, like when Paul came, it was, he was Stevie Steve. Right. And that, yeah. Right. And, and he'd throw on that blue, that particular blue bomber jacket and he'd have an adventure. Smoke came, you know, used to come to Doug a lot and just make something up. What he did, you know, he'd meet somebody, he'd befriend somebody and then he'd kind of let them choose the adventure. And then he just sort of led them around or let, or let them lead him around sometimes. And he had a great time. Um, you know, deadly slob can't forget some of the OG guys, you know, uh, love to PVP, but when he wanted to go on an adventure, uh, he did. And he did so in grand style on, you know, the American server, uh, for Doug, uh, lately Amish Zed again, hasn't been back lately. Cause, uh, you know, streaming's tough, you know, uh, you've got a, you've got a, you've got an audience that you've got to keep captivated, right? You've got to entertain them. And when we went hardcore and the gameplay on Doug, slow down significantly like you're a couple of hours before you're geared right before you're settled and you feel somewhat secure right like where your food situation's good and you've got like more than 10 bullets <laughs> um you know and it's hard to keep 300 plus you know people entertained uh depending on the size of your stream there right like they, they want blood they want action and that doesn't happen as much on dub you're there for the story you're there for the long haul um, but like Amish said, you know, I, I got to give it to that guy, you know, for a streamer. Um, a lot of streamers didn't integrate well with Doug, especially when we went hardcore, um, you know, because it's that interaction based and it's, you know, they're running and gunning a lot. But he he came, interacted with the groups, um, involved himself in the story and not in a not in an, in an obtrusive way. Like he was careful about not showing the inside of bases and he was very conscious of the fact that he was displaying his screen to hundreds and thousands of yeah. people, you know what I mean? So, uh, and had a great time doing it and we loved having him there. Uh, you know, and I've talked to him since and it's just, you know, his playtime, uh, you know, it's our EU hours. Um, you know, he plays during, you know, U S mornings, and we don't have a, a as big of a U.S. player base or a, an EU player base anymore. Not you know not where we're approaching, you know, uh, forty five plus players. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so you know again, he's got a livelihood to make, and I don't blame him for not coming back. But uh, what was it? I forget. Six months ago or so, Amish spent he did some night streams on the weekend. Came to Doug. He wanted to have an adventure, and he came to Doug, and he had a great time. Pop was there, and. What have been the biggest challenges for you guys over the, the like, how long has um, Daisy Underground been running now? Nine years. It's going to be 10, 10 years in March. It'll be 10 years in March, yeah. Wow. March, March, March 8th, 2024 will be our 10-year anniversary. What have been the biggest challenges for you guys over that 10-year period, other than, the, other than when the player count dropped right off? Uh, even then, it was. I think the boy, the biggest challenge. And do you think you can maybe chime in? But I think it's just reminding our community to respect each other sometimes, and that doesn't happen. We don't have to do that very often. We spoke earlier about the code locks thing, and you know, when we removed the code locks, but we did that to make them. They were too focused on the game, and they weren't focusing on each other. So we took away what they were fighting about, and that was bases. And we took away their code locks so they couldn't have 
they couldn't make a vault. They couldn't make these mega bases. So they had to go back to their roots and focus on interaction and telling a story and talking to each other. Get many and people yes, say, fuck you, we're leaving. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We had players go, fuck you, we're leaving. And we had a bunch of players that say, fuck you, I'm staying because this is awesome because now I don't have to deal with the bullshit of rating and the disrespect and, you know, the offline rating. What we call offline rating is not, you know, my base got rated when I wasn't there. Offline rating for us is I'm intentionally not going to play when I normally would play. And I'm going to wake up at some obtuse hour when I know my enemy is not online and I'm going to raid the fuck out of their base. That's you're being a dick, right? So, you know, you're, you're going for the easy win. You're playing to win. And that's not what we're about. And so, yeah, I like about, um, um, the, the big server that's just started in Australia, Northmen, um, and they have raid hours, um, and they limit it, um, to basically, I think from, from about 12 or 1 a.m. every night until 9 a.m. Um, the following morning, you cannot raid someone. Um, I, yeah. think, I think they physically restrict it for those two, uh, cycles. They somehow got it or, you know, it's basically, it's a bannable offense. Um, but. I, I'd like that they've done that. You shouldn't have to physically enforce it. You know, it'd be great if the culture was there, but I'm the same. I do not like offline um, raiding. Um, it's just a dirty act when you know that no one's on um, and it, it robs the community, the server, of, a, of possibly a great interaction. Um, I know for console, it's a very different story because of all the uh, alt accounts that everyone can have. Whereas with PC, you pretty much need to buy a, 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 another copy of DayZ to have an alt account. So, you know, there's some people with several, but you won't find a lot of people who've got more than, say, five um, alt accounts. Um, so, you know, when you are doing a raid, if you die, that's it. You know, you're back on the coast, unless your base is on the coast, which is always a risk because then everyone knows about it. It's, it's a big issue. So uh, offline raiding is just, you know, if if it's a revenge one because someone did it to you, fair enough. But it's look play Daisy how you want, folks. But I'm not a fan of it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, do you think? What do you think about what what's been keeping uh, Doug going? Yeah, I think it's just overall players and whatnot. I know uh, when it comes to issues in the community throughout the years, it's always had to be that. I think for us, we never want to put in a new rule constantly because we had issues with folks in the past where it was always a it would cause an issue and instead of banning we would kind of push the goalpost a little bit back because it wasn't necessarily the worst thing on the planet i think over the years uh with new change of hands more or less we get some a lot of fresh blood in the team now it's kind of come down to where we're not going to tolerate a lot of the problematic people to the point of which uh, there was a point uh, i think it was last year where we had a lot of folks that were Throughout the years, for whatever reason, be it a big or small, uh, we always have told people throughout the years is that we keep a paper trail on pretty much everybody, uh, be it uh, bad or good stuff about them that we can refer back to if needed. And it was about time to uh, you know collect what was due. And uh, the people that we thought uh, weren't fit for the, the new vision, or at least what we wanted the vision to be for Doug, uh, we told them, hey, uh, we're essentially going to part ways with you. This isn't a uh, thing like we hate you, we want you like gone. It's just simply that we don't think that what you bring fits our vision. So we're going to be removing you from our platforms within reason, be it uh, mainly uh, 
let's see, like, let's say uh, somebody had an issue only in Discord. They don't know how to behave properly. They're always just trying to, like, stir that pot. Yeah. Always chime in at the worst times because they know that they'll get a reaction out of people. And so they got removed just from that. They can still join other uh, forms of communication if they want. They can play on the server if they want. Yeah, and there I, was, I think... Can I say uh, something here? But, but what about my free speech? You're, you're oppressing my, my right to free speech. Okay. We've had we've had some people. Uh, I mean, they. I think there was one guy uh, we banned, and he threatened to sue us oh. for doing it. And it just, it's like, okay, sure. I mean, we've had people try to bribe us. They'll say, hey, if you unban us, uh, we'll send you a little donation of a like of triple digit. It's like, yeah, sure, man. Whatever you say, man. We never end up doing that. It's just, what's the point? If you're trying to fight back in any little form, and then to the point of which you want to hang like server donations over our head it, it's just not something we're interested in that's not what the point of this place is yeah take your money elsewhere yep they find a server where you can buy whatever you want buddy that sounds like the sort of person you are um you most like the sort of person who'd be more than happy to glitch exploit and run hacks as well so you're not welcome around here that's not that it's it's just it's just that attitude. It's yeah. it's that it's that me first attitude. Yes, that entitlement. It's not that community focused player that we're looking for. And uh, because that can be an issue. Some of them um, uh, feel entitled because you know they're they're bringing um, awareness to your server. And um, don't don't mention any names. Obviously, we're not here to shit on anyone in particular. Um, but. Has that been an issue for you guys in the past where people have ex expected um, uh, more um, attention, more assistance? Yes and no, but not perhaps for the way you think. Uh, oh. Usually when it comes, like, let's say there's a up-and-coming YouTuber or streamer. They have maybe a 1,000 followers or 1,000 subscribers. They put in a wireless application, which nowadays you don't necessarily need if you just want to play. If you want to play, you, you just join the server. If you want to become more a part of the community you want access to uh, where our people put our stories uh, other forms of content artwork etc you put in a wireless application and then if we approve you you have access to that and that's when some of them will put in their application well i can help advertise the server because i'm going to play on it simply because i have a lot of people who watch me and for us that's not important we want to see what stuff you bring to the community itself what good content can you bring and if it's just you playing, for us, that's not enough. And that's what we're going to tell you. But then we yeah, have yeah. Uh, our bigger folk. Let's say, like, the big boys. They'll hop in. And it's not necessarily their fault, but it also, I think, it would depend on the content creator themselves. It's the, the fans who watch them and how, how engrossed they are with that content creator. To the point of which, let's say a player on Doug does something to negatively impact that content creator yeah. or streamer and that fan who's watching doesn't like that very much i know myself in game i've had this issue with a, a group i've played throughout the years especially during our peak of that hardcore era where we, we would actually have those these big streamers and content creators show up we would not essentially play ball the way that they would want us to in that they would essentially want to kill us we defend ourselves we kill them end up at upper hand we got the upper hand or we got lucky and they died their fans would watch that the next two weeks straight their fans would show up in any way shape or form to try to mess with us they would try to tear everything down that we had built 
they would hunt us to the ends of the earth trying to get us killed so we basically had they would do the payback for them which again it kind of stifles that that content as well like let's say there was a good story going on now it's suddenly turned and now we can have a great revenge arc with uh, that content creator can't do that now because it's been essentially stuffed out by the fans sadly I've seen um, uh, many uh, instances of uh, that being an issue with some content creators. Um, you know, sometimes the content creator themselves, uh, if an encounter didn't go the way that they wanted it to, that they felt would have made the best content, they get salty about it. Um, and then, yeah, you add in the um, the the more psychotic of their fans. Um, and yeah, a lot of people want content creators to play their server, uh, but content creators um, and i've been guilty of this myself in the past when i was playing on daisy down under um they they can be more of a a handful than you than you really want they but they bring a lot of extra added drama um just by default of them showcasing and streaming their content live whether it be as simple as stream snipers um through to people not understanding how a um uh, a certain server is set up and just going, oh, this is bullshit. That's stupid. And yeah, that could that could create some really negative publicity for um, good service. I think the yeah. worst part besides fans would be there's a there's been always that issue with content creators and streamers and the duck community in that they don't mesh well because the content creator and streamer usually treat the other members and players as solely content, not an equal. They always feel that they are within reason above them to the point of which they will create content from the server, from their experience, but tweak it, alter things so that no matter what the interaction was, as long as they have the power of Sony Vegas or Adobe Premiere or whatever editing software they have, somehow they're always the biggest, the baddest, the coolest, and most importantly for them, the victor. There is never a loss. Depending on their narrative, the victim. That Yes, and that's what will fuel fires for some people. Especially, it, it's like, again, they find out that their streamer got killed in a weird way. Oh, well, that doesn't look right. So then you, you have, like, these, these players, these fans, they'll go on essentially so just I'm a crusade. I'm not saying hacks, but, you know. Yeah. Or I, it'll, I it'll come down exactly to that. what you're talking about. We'll come down to that content creator, they get caught doing something that's against the rules. Yep. And then we have to enforce that. And then you have to reach out to them in some form, and then they want to put you on blast on their stream. I remember I went out of my way to discuss a ban. Uh, I, well, uh, after the fact, I realized that the way I went about it was not the best. And that I went to their Twitch chat, which was just full of piranhas. Love that streamer. I discussed, hey, this is why you were banned. If you want to appeal, here's the appeal link. Uh, went on for like probably an hour or so of just the guy going on a full rant about the server, about me, about other members of the community. And that was about it. Meanwhile, I'm getting like a ton of DMs, uh, replies and stuff from that person's chat, like in Discord and other places, like just telling me, like, go fuck myself, go kill myself and other stuff. Wow. And this is the, um, the side of being an admin, particularly when it's a, uh, uh, a server that's not being run as a business like some quite good models are these days. But this is what a lot of people forget that, um, you know, the, these community servers, they're being run by volunteers. Uh, they're, they're not streamers who are making um, money. Uh, you know, not all streamers make a lot of money, 
Um, you know, not everyone's a, a TRMZ or a smoke or someone like that, uh, but they're still making money. You know, they're, they're doing it to to make money, to to uh, to potentially earn a living. Whereas the servers that they're playing on are run by people who are just doing it out of passion. They're volunteers, and they're copying these sort of threats. And it's not just, and yeah, you know, we need to um, elaborate on this. It's not just a content creator issue; it's a player issue as well. The entitlement of some players is, oh my. God, it blows my mind when I see the way some of them talk in discords and then they wonder why they get banned or told not to come back. It happens. I mean, but realistically, I would say we don't really have that issue. I mean, you know, some of the things that Desync just spoke about, they are the they are very rare on Doug. They, they really are. And like I've already mentioned, you know, some names of, you know, some some bigger streamers. We've had a ton of streamers over the years on Doug. Um, and they do it well. You know what I mean? Paul, Elmer said, like, uh, even some of the smaller guys. It, it, we've had a ton of people come out. Sometimes they don't stay. But they come and they produce a couple of videos. Uh, and some of them aren't even that big. Uh, who, um, what's his name? Paul? Uh, Paul. Uh, Solly. Saul. What, was it Solly? Solly, yeah, he was uh, with Aqua FPS, I believe. Oh, there you go. You know, he came, he he would come to the server and just have a fucking riot. I don't know how big that guy's audience was, but he didn't. I don't even think he gave a shit. He just made content, I think, for himself. And you either loved it or hated it, and he didn't give a shit. You know what I mean? Like, or he seemed like he didn't give a shit. Uh, he just he just rolled with the punches. He did it for himself, um, and he put out cool stories. That's the end of the day. That's what it's about things i love about uncle ray ray i know he rubs a lot of people the wrong way I, I can't watch a lot of him because he's just too full on for me but he just plays his way and when he dies he laughs about it and he spawns again and just gets back into it playing that same crazy insane sort of person i can understand why some people wouldn't like it but i just i have to respect someone who just does their thing enjoys doing it and usually when you're watching a content creator and you can see they're enjoying what they're doing that enjoyment is contagious uh, and you know that's the secret to a lot of the the big guys is they love what they're doing when they don't love it that's when people start dropping off you know um i've shared it many a time that um uh what's his name um summit um 1g he, you know, he's got that great video talking about how he reinvented himself um, where he just wasn't enjoying gaming um, because he wasn't playing games he enjoyed playing. He's playing what he thought um, his audience would like, um, and that led to him hating doing what he was doing. And then he just started, I think he started playing Sea of Thieves. It was around that time, and he loved the game. And his audience came flocking back with new new people because you could see the passion. You could, you, know, you, you don't want to go in there and, you know, some people do, you know, there's channels like General Sam and, all these angry channels where some people like to go in and watch them uh, shit post and troll and, you know, just take the piss out of anything. But for the most part, you know, with our downtime, if you're going to watch someone or go play on a server, you want to play on something you enjoy. And if you're not, you'd probably need to see a psychiatrist, I think. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, you know, a lot of those, you know, some of these streamers you talk about, like, or those types of streamers, I should say, like when you're playing to the audience, I mean, I guess if you're if you're having fun, great. But some of them, like you said, they're, they're like, what was that? There was a guy I don't remember his name now, but we watched his stream, and I like his 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 viewers seemed to hate him, and he seemed to hate his yes. viewers. 
Like it was just an hour of chaos. It was just him screaming at the chat and them screaming at him. And it was, but they were tipping him. Like the only way uh, they were, you know, they would diss him by tipping him. So, I mean, you know what I mean? Like he was getting money from it, but he didn't look like, he looked like he hated himself. Uh, no, no, those sort of guys who it was, um, it was just weird. Like, yeah. it was just like, weird. It, it's the equivalent of him being like a lol cow, but he also understands that and he knows he can make money from it. So, it's like a it's like a back and forth parasitic, kind of like that, but it's like it's like a back and forth parasitic relationship where he knows that he can fuel this and keep making money and within reason make a living. Now, I can't remember his name. But yeah, he's a fairly big um, channel, you know, 800 plus viewers or something. I think I remember yeah. seeing some of that drama at the time and just going, what is this? This is the most bizarre. Anyway. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's not what I want to watch. I'll watch a video you know, of um, highlights or something like that because it is kind of funny. But at the same time, it's funny in a perverse way, like looking at a truck smash and you're just going, that's fucking sad, man. But you know, that, that's, no. that's not good for your mental health. Find something you love. Yeah, I, I just got involved in another spat on Twitter, and I just said, "Enough! I can't fucking control myself when people get under my skin. So I'm just going to block certain people." Because, uh, uh, as much as I can be a bit of a shithead at times, I do try to focus on spreading positivity and good stuff, especially about Daisy. So that's what I want to focus on. I'm just going to remove those negative influences from my life. Um, you know, still talk about stuff that needs to be spoken about, but I, I, especially now at this time of the year, I just want to focus on. What's what makes this game amazing? Um, another thing that makes your servers amazing is the admin team. Um, uh, and you know, part of that as well is you know, you got to find the right people because nothing can kill a server quicker than a, than a bad min. Um, have you guys ever had any issues with that sort of stuff managing your admins and so on? It's been pretty rare. Uh, we've had to remove. Well, I've been around, I've been on the admin team since 2017, off and on. I did take a couple of years off, but uh, since I joined the admin team in 2017 to now, even during the counting the period, I wasn't officially there. Um, I think there was, I, think, I can only think of maybe three, maybe, yeah, three. And sometimes it's just but like, this, but that third one was kind of like, we kind of just want you to leave. It wasn't a forcible. Remove. Yeah, it was, it was, like, it, was it was just like. Hey, you join the team, but you just don't seem to have as much time, you know, as we're looking for. So we'd rather replace you with somebody who has the time. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's sort of a mutual thing. It's like, hey, you don't seem to have time for us. And yeah. Uh, but as far as like forcible removes, yeah, I think there's been three. Three that I can think of. Um what are some of the golden rules you go by when picking admins. Um, just uh, this is a good one for people out there who uh, would like to become a server admin. You know, firstly, you need to make sure you've got the time and the dedication. But when it comes to you guys, because um, uh, I take it you have an application process where people can register oh, yeah. their interest. So what, what are you looking for when you're going to pick an admin to um, help use guys out? Uh, maturity, community focused, someone who understands the values of our community, but also the admin team, which kind of are the same realistically, because the admin team, you know, I mean, we, we are part of the community too. Um, yeah, that's about it, really. It's just, we're just looking for people and we watch their gameplay, right? The people who who play Doug the way it's, quote, you know, quote unquote, meant to be played, 
those are the people that get it right and those are the people that we're like okay well you know like if this person has the interest right like we and we'll put it out there we don't invite people too often anymore we just put out applications but generally speaking those are the people that apply to right because they again it's that community focus and they want to give back and that's why they put in the app and when we see their app and we know we're like hey we're glad that person applied and you know what i mean and you review it and sometimes you don't get what you're looking for but most times we do you know most times the people we had now like we just did a round of of applications uh what was it a while ago now anyway almost a year ago we got five new people on the team like and we start them off as moderators we don't give them a ton of powers we don't give them a ton of duties we don't involve them in a ton of stuff like they don't see tickets they don't see you know they just they're there to interact with the community and help our players get on with their playtime and and then we just sort of gradually if their interest is there we gradually introduce them to some of the more admin type duties right like doing yeah. tickets and dealing with you know some of the shittier parts of daisy but also some of the good parts i mean not everything not every ticket's a you know you're banning somebody sometimes you're doing a ticket because well like recently uh one two three fences seem to fuck with stuff now like if you drop something in front of a fence it sticks to the ground and you can't pick it back up and we have people putting tickets about that and you go and help people out and you make their day right like it's you know it's it's not all it's not all cleaning out stalls you know like it's <laughs> the, the big issue of admins also playing on a server that they admin uh we do it two ways so all of our admins have two accounts and the account that you play with has no admin powers you don't get priority queue you don't get cot access you are a player and at the same time when you're on your main don't dm you know don't dm that person and ask because they're they're enjoying themselves they're playing um but when they take time to be an admin and they need cot's type stuff uh, then they switch accounts and they log into the server and then they get priority queue because when, you know, if you've got to log in quick to get rid of a hacker, which is rare on Doug, I will say, or you've got to get in and delete an item because it's stuck in the ground or something or retrieve a, you know, a, a tent that's stuck in a wall or something, yep. you know, something. Uh, yeah, you, you want to get into the server, right? So like, I mean, right now we're sometimes in the evenings, we're running like 20 and 30 man queues. You know, you, you can't wait for 30 people to log off at Doug. I mean, especially when the server just restarted, you're talking hours. Yeah. People will wait on our server an hour and a half to get in. Yep. You can't have an admin sitting there in queue for an hour and a half. So yeah, they jump up, they remove what they got to, they fix what they got to fix and they get the fuck out. And the next person jumps in queue. I mean, that's, that's what it's about. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's how we do it. Um, we do things like we have teams, people that do tickets don't do appeals and vice versa. So that way it's fair. If I ban you, I'm not also going to look at your appeal because that wouldn't make a lot of sense. Right. I mean, and, and it's from the player base. We don't want, not that I would be biased. We want to remove that, that potential for bias. We don't want the player thinking, well, diesel just banned me. And now he's banning. Now he's denying my appeal. Oh, he hates me. No, he doesn't hate you. You just broke the rule and I'm here to enforce the rules. I'm not a jerk. I just, I'm just doing my job. So, but yeah, we separate the teams that way. We have different people doing applications for whitelists. And then we have people that just float in between, you know, they might do a, the odd ticket or they might do only certain types of tickets, um, but they're just generally there to help with community related things. What's update time like for you guys? Um, yeah, I've spoken about this a few times on the podcast, just 
how crazy um, it is around updates, particularly where they've changed some really serious back mechanics in the um, engine of the game. What's it, what's it like for you guys? Like all hands on deck and... Mm, I mean, the fact that uh, there's experimental is awesome because when experimental comes out, we keep an experimental server and we, you know, it's always running experimental and it always gets the updates and we look at things. And like I said, we have our mod team that, that looks at the diff, you know, that looks at the game files and says, oh, you know, like they didn't mention it, but they changed this in the background. You know what I mean? So we look at those things at the core in the scripts um, and then we start adjusting where we need to adjust. We make sure that our mod still works with the new version of Daisy. We make suggestions to back, you know, through the feedback tracker. Hey, we noticed this, this doesn't work. Or, hey, we noticed a typo here. Yep. Uh, I don't know how many times over the years I've put in tickets or, you know, back when, uh, when Sumerak, you know, bless his soul, was a little more accessible. I think too accessible for his own, for his own mental health, probably. Uh, but, you know, I used to DM him every now and again and saying, hey, like, did you guys mean to do this? And every now and again, he'd be like, nope, thanks. You know, like I'll, and he put that into the team himself. Um, but yeah, we, we are very active, uh, around experimental, um, and, and making sure that our mod works, but also making sure that the things that Daisy is trying to do still work. We used to do a lot more testing, uh, to make sure that existing things still worked. Like we would have picked up on the gate thing before, uh, that's happening now, but we don't, you know, we don't now, we just don't have the time. Um, any third party mods or is it all in-house mods? almost entirely in-house. I mean, we are running Winter Chinaris this round. Um, and before, you know, we used to have, uh, we tried to give and take, but give and take allows repacking. Our players really liked it. They actually voted it in. That's part of our community-controlled environment uh, sort of experiment. Um, so the players chose to have give and take. We put it in, and then because it's repackable, we just repacked with the Doug mod because it worked. Like, you know, we're very cautious about... Uh, using third-party mods because one, again, I talked about a lot of them are just, it's a great idea and then they kind of quote-unquote ruin it. They ruin it for us because they make it overpowered. Like they make it easy mode and we don't enjoy that. So so we're cautious there. Some of the um, guns in the game are just insane, aren't they? Some of the mod Well, the guns, I mean, I just find there's just two, some servers you join and it's like there's there's 25 automatic rifles and you're like, what ammo goes with this and what, what fucking, like I picked up this magazine. Well, what the fuck does it do? Like, you know, like I, I think most, most players have it kind of figured out now. And a lot of these packs have become very, you know, very concrete. Like people know which ones to pick and which ones to avoid. And, and not everyone's putting in every gun, but um, you know, variety is good, but sometimes there's too much variety can ruin yeah. it. Um, but yeah, we just, we're very careful with our modding. Um, and the other side of it, it, back in the day, like when code locks first came out, code locks were the rage, right? We had code locks. And then there was a patch came out for Daisy, and the code lock mod didn't get updated. And we didn't update. And then it did update, but it updated poorly. And about two weeks into our wipe, we had to wipe again because the code lock mod was fucked. Um, and our player base was unhappy because the only way to fix the code lock mod was to wipe the server. And when that happened, that's when we made the decision to go, we're not doing third-party mods unless we are absolutely concrete that the code behind it is solid and Ammo, um, who is a professional developer, reviews the code 
And if he doesn't like what's written in it, he doesn't give a shit what's in the mod. He's just like, I ain't putting that on the server. If he can and, help it, yeah, he will he do what he can. Well, yeah, that's the one thing I think is the most important aspect is that mm. we want to open dialogue with people and we want to form relationships and we want to work together with people. We want to give them something in the hopes that we can get something back. And we continue to do this. Exactly. Oh, well, that, I mean, Daisy Down Under was a lot of just sharing assets. Like Spud paid modders uh, probably a pretty sum of money for some of the things that he yeah. got. And we were interested in them. But we had custom stuff too. And we just traded. You know, we just, he said, hey, I like what you got here. And we said, hey, we, we like what you got there. And we just traded. I mean, it was, you know. We just approve upon each other. Which is, yeah, which we just improved upon each other, realistically, yeah. And other times, Spud found something, like, uh, I think he paid to have, like, these, like, the dogs. Everyone loves the, I, everyone loves to hate the dogs. I love the dogs. But, uh, you know, we have, we have, uh, we have angry dogs, right? Most, there's a dog mod where you can have a pet dog. But Spud went out and contracted somebody, I think it was Dino, Dino Bino or whatever, to make these, like, hellhounds. And he offered it to us. He's like, this is great. You know, players hate this. And, uh, and so we took it too and we implemented it, but the model wasn't great. I mean, they look kind of demonic and, yeah, the and then ones, I remember those on, the, yeah. Right. The and then, I and then I, felt, I still feel bad shooting them, but I had to, And then, we, but we reached and then, but we reached out to the guys who make the friendly dog mod. Uh, I think it's name is Hunter Z. So we reached out to them. We're like, Hey, can we purchase a, like your dog models are really, really nice. We'd like to purchase them from you. And just use them for our own purposes. And he was like, "Yeah, sure. Here's the price." And we came to an agreement. We bought his. We bought the dog models. Squad bought the dog models from him too. And uh, now we have better looking, uh, angry dogs. But uh, you know, a Zeroy's, Zeroy's fishing. That when fishing wasn't yep. in the game, Zeroy put out the fishing mod. We wanted fishing. Uh, we had implemented our own version of fishing, I think. And then Zeroy came up with his. Ammo reached out to Zeroy offered some help in making his code a little smoother uh, and offered him some suggestions. Zeroy was very receptive of it. Ammo fixed up some of his code that made, you know, I mean, it, it, it worked, but it worked a little smoother when he was done. And then uh, we both profited, right? We, he gave us his code and we gave him some fixes. It's win-win. issues with people trying to steal your stuff? Oh, yeah. Uh, originally, when the Doug Mod first came out, Ammo's custom code for the smoking, where we use the, uh, the the thermometer animation, where you put the probably the most stolen piece of code out of the Doug mod um, originally back in the day. Yeah, it was. Guys, I'll give you a heads up here as well. I know this from a personal story that I know of that prompted that question. But ammo is not just your average coder. Ammo basically understands how to hide stuff within the code so that he could look at other code and go, that's mine. Yes. Yeah, he's not stupid. And our so re, our, our texture artist, like Desync, uh, here with us, who makes a bulk of our textures, bulk of our, and our screenshots and our videos. Do you want me to step in for this? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> uh, we've had two instances of thieves stealing our textures and stuff, and something that Pure Passion and I have done is that we leave little watermarks yeah. in them. And the uh, there were there was a big instance where somebody took, it was the most simplest of retextures. It was like one of my first practice ones, and I decided just for fun, let me add a little Easter egg, and I put my name and I put Ammo's name on the back of the burlap sack, 
because there's like a little logo on the back of it, naturally. So I thought, you know, let's just alter it, put our names on it, and then you can, uh, there's a little uh, erase section, because it looks like there's like a hole cut out to have somebody's eye. It's a reference to uh, Friday the 13th Part 2, Jason. A bunch of people stole it, and all you need to do, open that texture. Hey, there's my name, there's Ammo's name. All right, great, DMCA filed. There was an instance in the, uh, the Doug, or not, the Daisy Modders well, Discord. I try to challenge it? There have been instances where people have taken my artwork and tried to challenge it. I think uh, for that, the biggest gripe is that when you file a DMCA claim, you have to put all of your private information. That's something Ammo really hates to do, and I've had to do it myself. And the moment I realized how in-depth the private information is, when I had to file a DMCA claim, I was very skittish about it. Uh, I was worried that, well, what is it that this person can see, if anything? I had um, a DMCA filed on an episode of mine um, some time back, and I ended up um, spending a few hundred dollars um, just to try to minimize the amount of info I had to share, such as my personal address and that. I purchased a business address um, and all the rest of it and a post office box and all stuff I shouldn't have had to do just to fight a fraudulent um, DMCA claim on uh, one of my videos. It's it's shit the way that system works, and I, I really feel for you guys um, yeah, you know, because of basically, uh, well, here goes the demonetization, but shit cunts um, doing shit cunty things. And yeah, you've got to expose yourself to people who clearly aren't nice people. The best part was uh, there was another instance in the Daisy Modders Discord where we have a guy advertising his services. He's a texture artist. And I was like, huh, look at that advertisement. And I looked a little closer and I realized... Those rifles look really similar to uh, to ours, and thankfully the one that he ripped had a QR code on the side of the buttstock, and it, the QR code, where did it lead you? To our website. Thankfully, Pure Passion left it as an Easter egg, so what did he do? He quickly made a change and put a sticker over it, like a little Photoshop of a sticker over the QR code to say that it was his. Thankfully, uh, the, uh, the admins in that Discord are pretty easy to, to reach out to, and they looked at it, they went, yeah, it's clear case, and they just got rid of the guy. Now, if he's back under a new name, who knows, but hopefully he's out, uh, you know, not scamming the good guys, at least. More likely, a scammer's gonna scam, they're gonna find new ways to do it, yeah. and they're gonna do uh, as cheaply, as efficiently as possible. The point of which, uh, if it requires stealing other people's assets and other code, they'll do it. That's if that means, you, like... You might spend a bit more but it's worth going to the people like Dinos, like Hunter, like Rag Tyson, like Winstride, um, who charge a bit more than um, uh, a lot of people out there, but there's a reason why. They're ethical, um, and what they do is genuine, um, as far as I know. There may be stuff I don't know about with them, um, but everything I've um, heard about them is they are well above board, and you know, Winstride in particular, I love working with him. Um, uh, I've got an idea for something for Christmas as well, um, working with him, but he's just, yeah, you know, you, you, you want quality. Sometimes you got to pay a bit more for not just the, uh, um, the, the quality of the item, but the quality of the service behind the scenes as well. I mean, I even like, I reached out to lad, the guy who is now in full swing working on winter Chinaris version two before that he was just winter Chinaris. He was one of the last devs working on it. And when I was working on the video, I just like with, out of the blue, I just was like, man, I really need some help with this. So I just asked him, I was like, hey, 
uh, I noticed that you don't have 123 EXP ready, but I want to feature some 123 EXP stuff in this video. Could you help me out with it? He quickly just hopped in Discord call. He sent me a portion of the build, and he said, yeah, do whatever you want, dude. Just don't, like, share it publicly. And I was like, what? I didn't believe that he would just do that. And he just... Lad, yeah, just host the uh, podcast? Uh, yes. Yep, he's a, he's a good bloke. He's a good bloke. He's, a, he's hands down uh, just a good egg. Yeah, I, I went ahead and I made the video. I shared with him. He loved it. And I asked him, like, hey, if there's anything else you want, let us know. And I did the workshop uh, image for him. And uh, I think uh, whenever we are mostly done with our transition from Winter Charis back to regular Winter Charis, I'm just going to give him all of my Winter variant cosmetics that I worked on myself that don't require a new model because yep. I'm not just going to share people's models. But if he wants it just for people to have in their Type 6ML just to fill the world up without having another Winter Pack installed, have at it if, if he wants it. But there was another issue from our community about the Winter Charis that people were to the point of which it seemed like they didn't want to play because for most people who may not know, people on Doug play Daisy completely differently to the average Daisy player. Then, for instance, there was a big issue in that we have people who love bases, but we have people who hate bases, so they do something else. They love stashing stuff. So they use dirt piles, which is how you I stash your items. Like dog's balls. Yes, on Winchester, they stick out like a sore thumb. So people were like, I don't want to play. What's the point? You're killing our play style, essentially, because we don't build bases. So how are we going to stash our stuff? So we sat down, and we were just like, well, shit, what are we going to do? So we kind of talked internally a little bit, but nothing was really going anywhere. And then randomly, we just have this community member just step up and say, hey, I can make a model. I can make a new thing for it. This is how it's going to be done. And within, like, two days, thing less... He just sends me a PBO of everything that's needed. It's got some rudimentary code for it. It's got a new model, and we both worked on the texture for it. I sent it over to Ammo to take a look at. He's like, okay, well, there's a couple problems here. Cleans up the code completely, and I, I asked him, like, hey, do you mind if I send this over to the Winter Churris guy? And he said, yeah, sure, do whatever the hell you want. I sent it over to him. Lad looks at it. He's like, oh, dude, fucking love this. Do you mind if I fix a, a couple things? And he once he goes ahead, he makes he makes a brand new model for it, brand new texture for it, plops in Winter Charis. We don't have to worry about it on our end. We don't have to make a separate mod so that other people who run our mod on their server don't have to deal with just a white stash on regular Charis or whatever server they're playing on. And then I think he gave the proper credit to the original guy and then to ammo and to me, whatever reason. That warms my heart seeing people collab like that. It's one of the things I've loved seeing um, and, you know, taking a part in trying to help as well is people connecting and just working to make something better for everyone. That That's just, that's why Daisy, you know, there's a lot of people who talk about you know, the Daisy's uh, community is a toxic community. Yeah, it can be at times. And I, and I will put my hand up and say, I've been a naughty boy um, on many an occasion myself as well, but forget about the, a lot of that or sort of stuff for the most part this is an amazing community this game could not be hitting new records of concurrent players if there wasn't a good core community behind the majority of this stuff forget the drama that that's that little guy don't worry about that little guy it's it's these sorts of things is why daisy is still killing it i it warms my heart to hear you guys talking about something like that so many people from a random a complaint that you come up with a solution for 
um, with the help of just a random member of the community. And then you know, your team managed to work on it to make it better. Then Lad managed to make it even better and the problem solved for everyone. Because that was always something for me with Winter Churners is those black dirt piles. They really stood out. No longer an issue. It's a nice, albeit slightly larger, but I think uh, maybe what he was going for was that. That's the balance word. A little bit larger, but looks like snow. So if you want to stash discreetly, you can now. Thanks yep. to the work of all these people working together. If you're paying attention, like the existing dirt piles on normal Churnerus and that, um, you'll spot them. But if you're not paying attention, you just glanced, you're most likely going to miss it. That's good. That's really good. On the, on the top of collaboration, in case he's listening, Happy Bombs, answer my fucking DM. Would love to work with Happy Bombs at some point. I know he does a, a lot of great stuff with custom buildings and stuff, and that's something I'm going to kind of just dip my toes into. Uh, I've released, uh, I think, three custom locations, and uh, one was a castle location, and then two were abandoned villages using the Livonia assets, because I think that they are sorely missed on Shinaris. I think that they're there are great opportunities to put them in in small quantities or at least just replace a couple buildings in certain areas and provide a little bit of lore to them perhaps like let's say uh, uh, there's like uh, the craters and stuff uh, from shellings perhaps we could see a couple villages like that within the world within yeah you've got that on Levania, yeah. those um, well, areas. maybe we could bring that to Chinaris in some form give uh, Chinaris uh, models a little bit of a facelift I know they have the uh, all the buildings already got a facelift but I think uh, adding new ones would people would love them I, I remember uh there's a location. I like to keep them as vanilla as possible to the point of which I will add them to the in-game map texture to look at as like peep so people will be confused to the point of which is this a vanilla thing? Is this a new town? So I've added like a place, uh, Misty Castle. There's actually a place in the northwest called Misty Valley, or I think that's the name of it. Something close to that. Misty's something. So I made Misty Castle. And there's another place, Zviatoy, which is just below the Biathlon Arena. I made that an abandoned village that has a helicopter spawn next to it and then there's another place uh, just east northeast of northwest airfield called adamovka i made a village there and the day when i made it a new group to the server shows up and they build something there and it nearly made me shed a tear over it because i was like people loved it that much that they wanted to literally call it their home and that's um, what I'm just, I'm just sharing my screen um but what you said there um is a hundred percent like the little town of Kamer, uh, not even a town, Kamer, Kamer, um, is the one of the wasted, most wasted locations in the whole of Chernerus, in my opinion. I actually sent it through to um, uh, to Dance of Jesus, and I just said, you know, what what is with this town? There's not even a well there. Uh, it's just a couple of ruined buildings that pretty much spawn almost nothing. Um, and the only time I've ever seen it really be a focal point other than the fact that there is now a dynamic military event that can occur there um, which i don't think a lot of people would probably even know because unless you're looking at um the map um eyes of vibe you wouldn't know that one's born there because no one really goes there it, it, it'd be great if there was something there to make it a bit more immersive maybe some more ruined uh, buildings um to flesh it out a bit because it's just other than servers that have turned it into a trader location there's no real point to go there other than, you know, if you, if you wanted to be sneaky and have a stash somewhere, it might be a good location because there's no real loot that spawns there. There's no building to make you want to go there to like a, a police station or a, a medic um, hut or something like that. Um, even, you know, some camping um, uh, lodge or hunting lodges and that. But it's just 
it's a wasted location, and I'd love to see that one get a, get a bit of love shown to it. You know, it's, it's a bit inland, so. Yeah, I, I, you would actually. Funny enough, that exact location you're talking about has been, within reason, very important to certain people. We've even had some interest. I know I, I got to be a little biased here that I had an amazing, probably one of my favorite encounters in game at that location at the Ruined Church. There was a major standoff between players, and that's where, regrettably, I should have ended my character's story there. I ended up not doing it, but it was a solo me versus an entire group of one of the biggest, baddest uh, militias on the server. And uh, I had to fend off by myself, waiting for reinforcements to show up to help me. Sadly, I got killed there, and then because that location is such a fishbowl, my team was able to eliminate the threat, even though I had to die in the process. But th we have a, a major like, existing group that has been with us on the server for almost a decade, and that's one of their main POIs. They, they use that church, they call it Kamirna, and that's their church, and they build up, and they have like a little community camp right there, and, but they end oh up God. living oh God, just north of Glorvo. Of one of the most amazing places in the history of Doug. What was the name of the chapel? Um, St. Joseph's. St. Joseph's up there at um, uh, Chennai Palana. I loved that location. It was just, it was one of my, I, I would hang around there um, just to see who was coming through and see what people had dropped off in the tents outside to, you know, share no weapons allowed. Um, but that was one of the most amazing things I loved about um, Doug was little things like that. You'd be happy to know that, I mean, within reason, the same people who have been running it all these years are still giving it a little bit of love. Yeah, to you guys. That's the okay. point of which we do these like little things. Am I cutting out? No. no. Okay. Yeah. But uh, what, what happened uh, is that people love that place so much that people you wouldn't expect to work together when they catch word of, hey, let's build up St. Joe's for everybody, you will have 90% of the server, like 60 people, 50 people, whatever, they will show up and, like little termites, they will tear down the forest <laughs> to get all the wood, all the logs they need. And within, like a, like, like an Amish group building a, like, building a barn, that thing will be up in about less than 10 minutes, and they have a fun, they end they all get together, they have a little powwow, and they celebrate that they've done this, and then people part ways, and the people who usually try to run that, or at least keep it a little bit maintained, will do it. They will go through a little, little bit throughout the day, drop stuff off. To attack it, what happens then? People will do it. I mean, I think there's that mutual respect in that no one will be that that dick to tear everything down because of just the, the history behind it. But if people are going to go there to rob people or kill people, it's going to happen. But I think that there are people who live near enough or will check on it enough that they'll do what they can to protect the people that are there to do good. And, I mean, just to get by. I mean, again, it's it, there's a fresh spawn spawn just to the east, a couple of them there in Svelo, and that's the way people make their way through. Either they go to Shania which they usually do if you're on Doug, because they know if there's stuff they can grab. It's literally that barn right there, yes. Yep, I, I was right, because it's been a long time um, since I've been there. Um, you know, like I said uh, before the show or at the start of the show, that you know, I don't get on Doug anymore just due to the ping from Australia here, but yeah, that, that memory is always stuck in my head. One of the, that, um, and bloody Gorka scared the shit out of me, that town. 
Yeah, but you know, the caretaker for St. Joe's, the current caretaker for St. Joe's, is from Australia. Yep. The Love Ray. Shout out to the Love Ray, man. The guy is uh he's a gem sometimes anyway. <laughs> you know? <laughs> he's an Australian gem, yeah. But you know, he's uh he looks he took over he took over St. Joe's. He's he's the literally the lone survivor that looks after it. Now he's not alone, but you know, he is He's the caretaker. You know what I mean? It's it's great to see. In Australia, he's a good cunt. Alrighty. I'd say within a reason, yes. <laughs> he would be, yes. It's kind of like, do you, do you remember Daisy if you've never played on Daisy Underground? Uh, my answer is no, you don't. Um, because you're missing out on, you know, the one of the most amazing communities that has ever been um, around for DayZ. They were the first. They they legit were the first. Go back and watch the episode with uh, Dr. Big Money, um, who was um, there from the beginning. Um, no longer there, but it was it was great getting him on and just talking about, you know, the the, the creation of Day, uh, Daisy Underground with Brian and so on and um, how. Yeah, so many people got behind it and helped pump it. And yeah, like like I said, you guys have just you've survived everything. Um, all the little um, dramas and um, that have killed so many other servers. Daisy Underground just keeps on going. You know, when I've seen it so many times. You know, Daisy Underground's dead. You know, when you removed the code locks, people were, we talked about it on the show. It was like I don't quite get it, but there's got to be a reason. Um, and you, you've explained it really well now why it was done. And to be honest, it makes sense. You know, people were becoming little goblins hoarding all their loot and worried about their bases. And well, that's that's impacting what we want the community to be. Um, and sometimes you've got to make those tough decisions um, for the health of the community overall. Um, did anyone ever come back from that and just say, you guys were right? We didn't think so, but you were right. A, t- a ton of people came back. Um you know, a ton of people played through it and enjoyed it. Some people played through it and didn't enjoy it, but still loved what Doug is. Um, but when the code locks came back, uh, people came back, but they under, they had a better appreciation for their fellow players. And that's, you know, that's a win for us. I'm just going to showcase these last images you just sent through um, before we uh, finish things up. But yeah, it, it's a credit to all of you that you've managed managed to keep this community running uh, because sometimes you know it's not just the uh, the players that can ruin a um, server it's the team and there's got to be that dynamic between the uh, the team members to keep things going uh, you know so many um, you know we, we talked about um, karma crew yeah you know, that's no more anymore um, they've all moved on to bigger and better things and you know stepped away from each other but um, sometimes if you don't have the right people, um, who are as committed to that dream that you've got with this community, it, it could have fallen apart, but you've always managed to keep on going. And, you know, people realized when their time controlling it was um, over um, and, you know, they could have taken their bat and their ball and gone home, but no, they handed the reins over to the next generation and it's still going, just like St. Joseph's. Um, so what are we looking at here? Uh, that location is Adamovka, which is the vanilla name of that location. So what I did was I placed 
a mix of Chinaris and Livonia assets, as well as uh, small little references to uh, players within our game, or who play at least, and have interest in certain things. That Again, it's like you have an idea for something, and you you share it with somebody else, and it's like, well, what are things you want, you want to see? And that's why uh, little things get added. Like, for instance, there's a little pub that in the back of it has a little uh, little football area. And it has a little bit of some stands that have been knocked over. Because, again, it's you got to keep it within like, the, the spirit of what the world is, which is it's abandoned, it's decayed. If something falls over, who's going to be there to pick it up? No one. But yeah, this is this was the location of the Atomovka. This is a Svia toy, which was uh, the first major uh, village wall. Again, it's all... More or less using the ruins and stuff. There's the uh, the other picture, I think, uh, on your next tab, which is the little mansion right there. Yeah. These are little things that I've been trying to practice with in the hopes that uh, one day, whenever I can get off my butt and finally finish it, which is uh, I want to make a, uh, a major city within the server. And there's a great location that I found that I think... Uh, I, I call it the Goldilocks zone because there are issues with placing stuff in the world and that people can abuse certain bugs with it. But I think I've found an area where something major can be put down, and I think if it's done right, which I think it can be done right, while still keeping true to the lore without trying to step on toes at the same time, whether it be people building there or people pushing their own story, I think it could be done. I'm excited to see what the next chapter is going to be for Daisy Underground. You guys are just... You, you... You've got something special over there, and anyone looking to um, start their own community, go check it out. Go check it out. Um, yeah, the, the getting the right people who are passionate and you know share the same sort of dream, um, and not always to the T. They don't have to follow everything. Yeah, you know, you've got to. It's got to be a bit of give and take. Um, you know, someone has an idea that you might not like yourself, but if it's going to be better for the community, have a look at it. Speaking of ideas, I know there was something that you and Diesel have talked about, but I know we haven't talked about it yet here. I think we referenced it once or twice. And I, don't, I think there was some you, you asked for an update on it, and maybe we can talk about that right now, which was uh, our community controlled environment. Yeah. Yeah. You were wanting to know how things have been going. And uh, I, I would say, within reason, it's doing well. There are things that can obviously be improved upon. But I think explain what it is first up for everyone who doesn't know. Go ahead, Diesel. All right. So it's it's basically we gave control of um, almost all of the server settings. So whether it's uh, stuff that spawns in the world, the quantity of it spawning, where it spawns, um, mods that can be added or removed from the server. uh, you know, from the workshop, like, I mean, straight out, just add this mod, like give and take, you know, that was a perfect example. Um, or just slight tweaks to the game are, it's entirely controlled by our community. So we have groups. Um, so each of our group have two reps. And so as, after you become an official group and there are, you know, we have a, we have standards and practices for that to become an official group. Uh, but after a month of being an official group, you get two reps and you get on that committee and then uh, those committee members can put forward ideas for people to vote on. Those group reps vote. And if it makes it past stage one, then it goes to a larger vote where each group has five up to five members that can then pass like on a stage two vote. And if it passes that stage two voting, 
then it gets implemented on the server. So it's as simple as that. And as admin, at the time when you guys, yeah, like, the fuck you're going full. Democracy. Yeah, I know. Let's see. How yeah, pretty much. Out, but it's, it's working. It's not, That's awesome. you know, it, it, it is working. It is working. Our players are, you know, and we're there to give some guidance. Uh, we try not to get too, too involved. Now we did do winter Chinaris without a vote. Um, but it was a push we felt our community needed, but they also, when we implemented it, we asked them, because I mean, desync, again, I can't say enough about this guy with his creativity, you know, those custom locations and stuff. Uh, and we said, like, can desync continue? Yeah, like, you know, can we, can he continue some of that stuff? And they were like, oh, yes, of course, we love that stuff. So, and I realize it's a mod, you know, and stuff, but we felt, you know, and he was pumped about making the the winter clothing and stuff and, and, uh, we just thought it would be a nice change. And the nice part about it is if it really didn't work, you just remove the mod and it goes right back to Trinity. We don't have to wipe. You can just remove the mod. You don't have to wipe. And everything goes back. Obviously, now with the stashes, though, we'd have white stashes. And, okay, everyone have to move their, you know, change their stashes. But, you know, that's a minor point. Uh, but the, the nice part about it is, of course, winter is working. But, um, but yeah, we just, so we did, you know, we bypassed the community-controlled environment thing with the winter Trinaris. But, People, they were already talking about it. That was the other side of it. We were thinking about it. They started talking about it on their own. We should implement Winter Chinaris. And we were just watching the conversation and working on our experimental server with Winter Chinaris in the background. And and uh, and then finally, we just closed their thread and said, hey, we're doing this. Uh, you know, give us, give us that creative freedom to give you guys a little bit of a push. You were already going in this direction. There's no vote, but we're going to do it. And so far, they're loving it. And if they want to make small changes, they can. Um, and if they want to totally back out of it, they can. You know what I mean? That's the great part about it. But it's working. They Sometimes players will put forth a suggestion, and other players are now stepping in and going, hey, that's cool, but it doesn't really fit the the MO of Doug. It goes against like the spirit of Doug. Like It's a little too easy mode, for instance. So players will say, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to carry that forward to the next stage because, you know, I, th I think it breaks the spirit of what we're looking for as a community. Uh, and they're the best part about it that I'm really enjoying is that they're working together. They're not getting into huge internet pissing fights and insulting each other. They're, Hey, I appreciate your idea. Can we do this? Can we negotiate uh, what, you know, this is what's going to work for me or my group, you know, and, and they're getting along. And at the end of the day, they have a vote. And there's lots of stuff that they, it passes stage one, like the, the reps vote it through, like, you know, like maybe 90% yes and 10% no. And it gets to stage two and fails because when the larger group looks at it, they go, that's eh, not quite what we're looking for. And sometimes it just needs a tweak. But when it's up for a vote, you can't tweak it at that point. It's a vote. And you got to, just like a, you know, just like a bill, right? In, in law, it goes back to the drawing board sometimes. So, yeah, it, it's working. As far as I'm concerned, it's not perfect, but it's it's exactly it lets the community what, feel involved. Which is it's well that too, but it, it was about it was about them thinking on their own two feet and getting along and working as a community to come to a common goal. And as far as I'm concerned, it's it's working. It's working. It's exactly where I want it. The other thing as well, Diesel, that I'm sorry for interjecting there, but it's also giving people a better understanding of why something may be rejected. A lot of the time, people don't understand why something can't be done. 
And if they're involved in the um, process, they're going to get exposed to information that they might not just have known or understood properly that, yeah, if we did that, but then it's going to have this flow on effect or it's going to conflict with this. And, you know, Daisy. Or it's just not possible. Yeah. Daisy the game yeah. on the, the infamous spaghetti code, a mixture, a hybrid beast of two different engines and God knows what else that's had, you know, 10 years of fingers and thumbs um, all delving in there and doing their own thing to it. Then you add in all the mods um, and it's a delicate balancing act to keep a server going. Um, you know, if Ammo was here, he'd probably tell us all about what an, what it's like every update. Um, you know, uh, most big servers, those people, they, they, they take leave. They take days off their job um, in the lead up to it. It's a bit better now with um, experimental and, you know, they can uh, run experimental servers and hopefully address most of these issues. But especially when you're dependent on a lot of mods, if those mods aren't updated, like you guys found out with CodeLock um, and so did a lot of other people, it's 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 gone, you know, your, your server. And if there's a server that has got everything going, people will flock, um, you know, unless they're 100% committed and loyal if there's something else uh, comparative, you know, you guys don't really have that issue because there's no one else really like you, barring, uh, you know, Daisy RP and um, a couple of others. But when it comes to just a high loot, um, you know, 10 times starting money and all the rest of those sort of servers, if you're not ready for update day, oof. Yeah. Oh, I mean, the day of launch of 123, uh, what, server files came out at, I think, 8 or 9 a.m. Eastern, and we didn't launch our server. It was, what, 2.30 or so, 2.30 Eastern, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and we were we thought we were ready, but we were, like, triple-checking everything, and we still missed one thing. You know what I mean? That's every that's every update, right? There's always that one thing. Yeah, there's always, every, every, every update, we always miss at least one thing. It's generally me. Keep on, keep on rocking it. It's, you know, uh, I pray to God that you know you were the first server starting, and when Daisy finally breathes that last sigh, I'm hoping that the last lights turned off on a community server are Daisy Underground. Um, it'd be only fitting for you guys to be the last man standing, um, having been the first um, community server ever out there. To anyone who's been part of the admin team, who's ever played on the server, um, thank you all. You've created one of the most amazing community servers out there, Daisy Underground. Will definitely be interesting when I think what is it next year? Armor four is supposed to be like at the end of next year, and I'm definitely curious to see what happens with Daisy as a whole when we first get our eyes on that. There's a lot of stuff um, pointing towards Daisy um, being part of that. Um, yeah, even um, I just shared a video on um, the uh, Twitter channel, uh, the Survivor FM one, um, of a guy Ironbeard, I think his name is. Um, and there's map markers and stuff. Um, I don't know if that's always been part of armor, um, but yeah, it just it just gave me very strong Daisy vibes. And some of the stuff that's been found in the code um, indicates to mechanics that have never really been part of um, armor before. So, you know, time will tell. We'll wait and see. Uh, you know, the, the the devs will announce it when when they're ready. What's happening? Um, or they won't announce anything if nothing's happening. You know, they've been notorious for. Uh, keeping their cards close to their chest, and I don't blame them after the 2015 roadmap for you guys. Entirely. <laughs> they did do more, but I understand why they don't. I'm curious to see what is going to happen for next this coming year. 
I think, regardless of some of the disappointments that people had, I think either people don't fully understand the intricacies of it, I think what we got this year was more than reasonable. Now, I have my own opinions about the most recent update, but I think knowing that they have literally come to the community and picked up some people to join their team, I, that's something I have to fully respect in that they still, no matter what, I, I know that they care about this community, be it PC, Xbox, PS4, limitations and all, they care about this place, and they want to still see it coming, and they still want to see things for the future. And the future is looking stronger than ever. 65,000 concurrent players, a new record. Unbelievable. That's wild, yeah. Yeah. We broke 300,000 subscribers finally for our mod uh, just a couple days ago. Awesome. Diesel, Dr. Desync, thank you both so, so much for taking the time to talk to me again today. Um, you're, you're favorites of mine. Um, you share that same community spirit. Um, you know, the, the last question I have for both of you, do you ever look at the monetized servers where they're making you know, quite a bit of money um, uh, for themselves and go, Maybe, maybe. I mean, I've always had the issue personally of asking for money from people to the point of which at, people will literally just be like, hey, I need you to send me your stuff. And then they will just shower me with whatever they think is right for it. And I'm always very grateful, but I'm also very uh, cautious to ask people because I don't ever feel like it's right in my mind. But I understand why people need to do it. And there may come a time in the future where Doug needs it. I know that here soon we're, we're trying to creatively ask for donations. Uh, maybe it's a little bit more uh, I make a suggestion? in your face. Yeah, go ahead. Do some Doug merch. Already doing that. We, we uh, right now, um, yeah. do, do something for 10 years. Or, um, yeah, in a, as a we are. Or I believe so, yes. Uh, actually, with this send update, me send me the links and I'll put it in the description of the video. Well, then, uh, yeah, I will definitely will. Doug shirt or um, stuff like that, but yeah. DaisyUnderground.com slash donate has the link to our PayPal, but also the link to our merch store. And there's, you know, there's a small markup, of course, on those t-shirts and hoodies and mugs. And I think, uh, what have we got now? We've got a, oh, a pint glass. Um, but yeah, anyway, they, you know, that goes towards, you get a gift, you know, you get a product, but you also essentially make a donation to the server, right? So that's how we run it. I said that and more than aware because like I'm in your discord now and I can't clearly see a support channel. Uh, maybe I'm blind. Uh, maybe I don't have the right access, but it's because it's, well, no, we, we really don't have a support channel because we don't consider it to be the most important thing which i think yeah. here soon uh, again we, we have to do it important thing, but you know if you if you if you, you you guys do rely on donations and support to keep the lights on on the server and help pay for some of the assets you may purchase and stuff like that um it, there's nothing it's the same argument that i've always put to modders um as well that if you don't make it easy for people to find it they, then they won't know where to look yeah they can sure they can ask someone but there's nothing wrong with having a uh, support us, um, how to support the community um, channel there. Up the top in the Doug official, you know, down the bottom, put it at the bottom, um, and you know, just start it off with, um, yeah, it's not required, but anything you can um, do um, is you can donate here, you can subscribe here, you can purchase merch here, blah, blah, blah. 
Um, just make it clear and easy for people to find to do it. Um, because you know it's, it's all about those optics, the same as um, basic marketing and shopping centers and that. If it's there right in front of your eyes, you know that person may just have a, a wig on the pokies that day and got a, a spare hundred bucks and they'll go, yeah, yeah, I love this server, I love it. You know, I've never donated to them once before. Here's a hundred bucks for um, helping out with uh, what they do. Um, well, and- I mean, to be fair though, on our website, the footer on every page is a link to our donate. And in the rules and FAQ in our Discord, right at the top, the very, we've got a list of links and the very last one says, consider donating at, and there's a link right there. So we do it. We're just not, we're just not in your face about it. But, you know, we talk about our community. When our community. It's admirable that you're not in your face about it, but make it clearer. But we don't need it. Right? Like when it comes time to it, like a couple of years ago, we wanted to upgrade to a more powerful server. We reached out, we put an announcement on Discord and said, hey, we want to raise this much money before this date. We were like six months out before we wanted to upgrade. I think in, what was it, 24 hours almost? 24 or 48 hours, we raised enough money to pay for the Doug server for a year. With the new upgraded server for a year. That's that's the power of our community. Uh, you're going to see here in the future again we don't want to shove it in people's faces that that's how we view it we have a very hostile way of uh self-sabotaging ourselves when it comes to donations you're you're right but i think uh, if we can we want to have fun with it we want to bring the community uh, involvement with it so for instance uh this recent 123 update they have finally allowed player or modders to retexture the billboards in game beforehand you had to do that through a mod so uh, I have asked our community members who have purchased merchandise from us, uh, please send me photos of yourself with your Doug merchandise, either wearing it or using it, and we'll put you in game. Have you featured, and then we'll have a QR code that will link you to our donation in our uh, our merchandise store. I like the logo. I really do like the new logo. Uh, well, not new. It's been around for quite some time now, but uh, maybe even um, do a retro one. Um, of the old logo. I'm sure there'll be something for the 10 year anniversary. Uh, there'll be some, <laughs> I'm sure there'll be stuff in game and I'm sure there'll be stuff outside. Uh, but yeah. Keep it up, fellas. I, I love what you do. Um, and you're a great example of um, that community spirit that has helped keep Daisy going all this time. And same to you. I mean, you know, like you running this podcast and, you know, you're always a, you're a big promoter of Daisy. I mean, you, you're like us, you love Daisy. Yeah. And here it is, here it is 10 years. It's amazing. Yeah. It blows my mind. It blows my mind. Uh, and I'm proud to have played a small part in, um, uh, you know, helping showcase uh, this game and um, yeah. So, and, and, you know, I'm constantly honored um, that people like yourselves um, take the time out to talk to me about this, Amazing, silly little bunch of pixels that we all love running around and shooting each other in. Or not shooting each other in. <laughs> Just talking. Words are your most powerful weapon, right? Interaction is the key to Daisy. If you want to if you want to shoot someone uh, nonstop, go find a deathmatch server or go find another game. Um, get, get Step outside your comfort zone and uh, try some interaction. You never know what might happen. Bur- burn them with a blowtorch. <laughs> which which you can do on Doug. You can take a cigarette and put it out on players. Please bring back force feeding disinfectant. 
Again, have you even been uh, Daisy if you haven't been force-fed disinfectant? No, you haven't. Yeah. Those are the classics. Yep. Exactly. Guys, let's wrap it up there. Coming up to um, an hour and 50-odd minutes. Um, uh, I, I, I knew we would end up on a trip down memory lane, and um, but that's why I want to do this, you know. It's 10 years of Daisy, and Daisy Underground has been key to some of my best memories of the game, whether it be videos I've watched or even just random interactions where a bloody squad comes um, out in fucking massive numbers out of the tree line and scares the living crap out of me when I'm running like a yobbo across uh, an open field. Um, but I've just, yeah, I've, I, 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 sometimes I wish I lived over there in the States so I could play it more because it's just such an amazing server. Um, if you haven't, Go check it out, uh, daisyunderground.com. Um, the links for everything will be in the um, de uh, description of the video below. But yeah, it, you're legends, absolute legends. All the best. Thank you, man. Later. See you now.